3: everybody, welcome to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Also on the highway, um, I'm Chris Pew. we're the How guys. Got Paul Yancek, Joe Frost. What's going on guys? What's going on? Not a whole lot. I'm just, just, here a about some, just here to talk about some Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, definitely. And, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about this going... Sometimes uh, this time of year is very slow. There's not a lot to talk about. But the Steelers in the NFL continue just to make news. And June 1st is kind of a big day. Um, there's a lot of cuts that if they happen after June 1st, it, it has an impact. You know, it matters if it's pre-June 1st or after June 1st. And big news, a little depressing. Uh, Stephon Tuitt, he's retired. Um, you know, His brother died last year. Um, He got his uh, degree from Notre Dame, and he said, look, it's time to move forward. I don't think it was uh, any criticism of the Steelers or the coaching or the ownership. He just said, hey, time to move on, do something a little bit different. And let me vent just for a minute, and I want to get your guys' reactions too. I saw a lot of kind of hate on the message boards and just some of the comments and stuff onto it saying, how dare you? You know, you're this great defensive lineman. What's gonna to happen to the defense now? And you should have told the Steelers earlier and man up, get back on the field. And I gotta tell you, I, I'm depressed. I would have loved to watch Stefan Tua play for the Steelers. I think the Steelers would have much better defense if he did play. But guys, Stefan Tui Tewitt, it's a human being. He's not a cyborg. Um you know, he's not a Madden character. The guy has feelings, the guy has a life to lead, the guy um stuff happens. I mean, good night, we talk offline every week about what's happening with our family, our personal lives, our work and everything. And this stuff impacts us. And do you think if it impacts us, it impacts NFL players? Yes. Because we're all human beings and everything and Look inside yourself. I mean, yes, I share some Silver fans' disappointment, saying, oh, dang it, I wish Stephon could play because I'm a huge Stefan Tua fan. Very underrated defensive guy. I love watching him play. But, I mean, you know, he's ready to move on. And we talk about mental health and sometimes we say, oh, does he have a mental health issue? No. He wants to have better mental health to say, hey, I'm ready to move forward upward and onward, and he did that, so um, sad for us that we're not going to see stuff to it, but I can't yell at the poor guy, I mean thank you for eight years of good play for the Steelers, and I mean, best of luck in your future and I think that's all we can say what do you guys think? I mean
2: uh, if you've got just been through the ringer physically uh and then just there's something about losing a loved one that changes your perspective on life and if he's decided you know it's just not worth it to me anymore my heart's not he doesn't know anybody any explanation he doesn't know anybody any apologies uh he has to do what's best for him uh he doesn't have to live his life for what's best for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the fan base. He has to do what's best for him and his family, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of the above. And uh, we can just, as you said, say thank you and best of luck in whatever you do.
3: Joe, what do you think about this? Um, At my work, we talked a lot about the great resignation and I, there's a ton of theories on what that really is or what that really means. But I think COVID, no matter what you think of COVID, I think a lot of us have taken a step back and said, okay, are we really doing what we want to do? What's, you know, maybe I should do something different in my life and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of people who have resigned. I mean, I'm sure people who are even listening to this podcast have made a career change in the last little bit. So... Why can't Stephon Tuit do the same thing? I mean, I don't know everything going on in the it family, but in his statement today, he said, look, brother died, I got my degree, moving forward, moving on. So, in essence, Stephon Tuit is doing the great resignation, pretty much, and if we're doing it, we're taking advantage of it, why can't Stephon Tuit do it? I mean, we're hypocrites if we're bashing him for what he's doing. I, I mean, that's...
1: That that's a a uh, that makes sense is what I'll say. Uh, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, the great resignation is a big thing that it's that's very hard to get a handle on because there's a lot of different factors that play into why people are are resigning and uh, making those kinds of changes in their lives. One is having been separated from people and <laughs> suddenly now. Um, now realizing how important that is to them, making changes so that they can live happier lives. Uh, the loss of a loved one in conjunction with that kind of reconsideration is a big thing to lose his brother during this whole season. And this time uh, makes him reevaluate would make anybody reevaluate their connection to their family and their place in, in, in the family and, not being able to be there the way that you're not when you are a professional athlete and you want to be a part of your family's life, whether that's your immediate family inside your house or your extended family with your parents and other siblings or whatever else is going on. Um, Yeah, there's just a reevaluation of the way that you want to do things and you choose to, to make a change during a time like this. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about um, the way this has all impacted my life in the way that my career changed uh, pretty significantly uh, during during this time that I had. I've reached the point in my life where you would have a midlife crisis, you know? Yeah. And I had that as part of a global pandemic. It just sort of right. coincided that, oh, this is a great time to do all of this together. <laughs> um, so... I think that it's been an opportunity for a lot of people to reevaluate how they live their lives and what they want to do with it. He had a career that is the length that alignment has a career. It's not uncommon for somebody to wear down over eight years and then say, Oh, I need to not do this anymore because I want to be able to have a higher quality of life moving forward. So it's just not unusual. It's saddening as a, as a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers as a fan of to it and what he was able to bring to the line. Uh, you hate to see somebody of that quality go. Uh, I'm glad that it's not necessarily about contract money. It's not necessarily about the environment of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but, and yes, it would have been nice to, for him to be able to be confident and say months ago that this is what he wanted to do. But June 1st is a major deadline for the acquisition of players. And, and the life of the dealers, and I'm sure that at some point somebody said, "Hey, we need to know by June, June 1st, and he let them know by June 1st. I, I think this is all this has all been fair and straightforward. so I don't think there's anything to hold a grudge against. I mean,
2: how many people like does the average American, when it comes time for them to retire from their occupation, they say, you know, I can't really do this because I don't want to put my company in a bad spot. It's like, pff, later suckers. I, mean, I, I, it's do,
1: I do know people who've done that. Well, yeah, yeah, there's some. And I, and I usually look at them in the eye and say, you know that this company moving forward will not have that same feeling about you. Exactly. Well, I, it, it, They just won't, no matter how long you've been there.
3: Well, here's um, the... I think Kim Hayward's pretty close to Stefan to it because there's been a lot of media going to cam i mean like there'd be questions asked of mike tomlin uh kevin Colbert, but i think there was also questions asked of cam hayward which yeah. i'm thinking that they were close from whatever. Well, they and whatever they were and, physically and, close on the field yeah the time so <laughs> well and cam always said hey he's hopeful he, he thinks he's planning on coming back and cam had a nice instagram message today you know kind of talking about hey i know it's a tough decision so that seems to tell me it's not like Stefan knew it for months and months. He was probably right. struggling with it. He probably say, "Hey, do I come back or not?" And here's the other thing too: the Steelers could give him a deadline of June 1st. We don't know. Yeah, don't know. That. Here's what I'm thinking, and, and let me throw this out here too. A lot of people are out there saying, "Oh, darn you, Stefan, for not telling him until now, or whatever the case might be." The Steelers drafted a defensive lineman in the third round. Now you could say, well, maybe they should draft in the first round. Well, the Steelers needed the quarterback. The Steelers needed the receiver. I mean, they had various needs that they had to address. They addressed the defensive line in the third round. They still had money, and we'll talk about this in a minute, of what could they do now. Yeah, there's not a ton of fantastic linemen out there, but there's guys that could bring up a depth that could improve their defensive line. And here's what I'm thinking, too. Since he announced that post-June 1st, the Steelers do save on some dead cap money. I'm hearing it could be up to $9 million this this season alone. So, it's even one of two things. Either Stephon Tewitt is really being nice and say, okay, I think I'm screwing them," but at least I'm going to announce it June 1st and it saves him some money. Because if he announced it May 1st, they wouldn't have had that money saved. That June 1st is this magical day where they save money if he announces after that. Or... Maybe two weeks ago, Stefan called the and said, hey, guys, sorry, I'm moving on. And the student said, okay, don't announce it to June 1st. This will save some money. And Stefan did that. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, what a sneaky, underhanded jerk he is. No, they worked together. He either was nice enough to do it on his own, or the student said, hey, can you help us out? And he said, sure, I'll help you out. Because, again, this announcement came June 1st for a reason. That's why you didn't hear about this yesterday. And maybe he made the decision last night or whatever, but I think he made the decision beforehand. It wasn't like... I think the news came out 11 or 12. But it's not like he decided at 10-59. I think he knew about it beforehand and he worked with the Steelers to at least help the Steelers out a little bit in this. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my thought there. So, I mean, and leave the poor guy alone. Like, Paul, like you said, you know, part of his great resignation you know, there's a lot of us at our company. We may like our company but if it's time to go, it's time to go and yeah, we may not want to be complete jerks about it but we're, we're going to try to do what's best for us. So, yep. you know, don't yell at a football player when you don't think he's doing that but doing something you would do yourself. Um, let's look ahead. A um, couple defensive linemen out there. The guy that rings the mind is Nagami and Sue. Um, you know, a long time NFL player Steelers don't usually sign vets this time of year, but they did sign Trey Turner, because remember, this time last year was the surprise retirement of David DeCastro, and we're like, oh crap, what do they do? Well, they went out and signed an offensive lineman Trey Turner to try to fill that hole a little bit. Did he? No, but the Steelers made the attempt. Do you think they might go after a guy like Sue that isn't terrible, but, you know, he's definitely not the Sue of old. <clears throat> I,
2: personally I don't think they should go crazy going after a guy like that I mean I, of all the problems the Steelers have the, the defense won't be one of them um, I, I don't think you need uh, you don't need to find some stud or some big blockbuster thing um, I'm not
3: overly concerned about who they plug in to fill that spot Well, here's my only fear. I don't totally disagree with you, Paul, but um, you know, they got Ty Lulu back. Now, when healthy, he's great. I love him. But, he's not always healthy. So, and think, last year, they had bad run defense. Now, hopefully Miles Jack helps and everything. I mean, they have improved, but man, you need a good nose tackle, and if Ty can stay healthy, great. I think they're better. But man, if Ty gets hurt, we're were in the same boat as last year where the Vikings averaged what was it? Forty five yards of carry against the Steelers you know, in that game that miserable game last year. So I, I don't know. I mean Paul, what would you do? I mean Joe. I, I you, Paul. <laughs> Change your well,
1: answer. Paul. You're gonna I mean you you need to go out and find bodies. Yeah. Hey, complicating this fat this whole situation is that they just released the defensive lineman. They just released Trev- Trayvon Mason.
3: How much of like, you was he going to play?
1: I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. But they, right. you're going to have a major defensive lineman leave. You only need to be dropping defensive linemen, in response. Now you need two of them. So it's kind of kind of strange to have that happen. Um, Jeremy Fowler reported uh, well this morning that they had several pass rushers all uh, coming in. They had Wyatt Ray. If AD Odenigbo and Trent
3: Harris all come in uh, to work out today, Well they did sign Skipper. Now I'm not sure if that's among the guys that came, but uh, Tuvez Skipper. They've had him a couple times before. I remember, he was a camp dong a couple of years ago. But he's more uh, of an edge guy. He's an edge guy. And he's yeah, dead. we don't. He's yeah. the best. But I really think what they need is that nose tackle guy. I mean, again, if, right. Ty, if Ty's healthy. Great, I, I can't guarantee the is gonna be healthy. That's my fear. Uh, in terms of
1: uh, Dom sue what you were talking about before, the Browns have backed off of the possibility of hiring him, and apparently the Raiders are still in talks in the conversation. He's a, he's a Raiders kind of guy. I could. See he's that a Raiders kind of guy. I want to say that too. I think that's that's more likely. I don't know. Um. I feel like there's it's worth going out and looking at that free agent list and keeping an eye on the cuts that are going to be happening here at some point soon as we get closer to um, the, uh, the 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 real training camps. Um, but and so I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gets added, but it may not be right away. Um, they still have a lot. Uh, a lot of young guys that they need to take a look at and see what they've
3: got. Yeah, I think they're kind of like Martavius Adams. He's a dude they got from the Saints at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't play bad. I mean, I wouldn't call him Aaron Donald, but he wasn't embarrassing. Um, so right now... You right, can get somebody actually a chance
1: to learn a defensive scheme. Right. And, you know, Flores and
3: Austin and all these guys get a chance to actually do something with them. Well, it- so, I mean, if, if the season opens tomorrow, you got Ty as your starting nose tackle and Montevis Adams as your backup. Which, I'm not printing Super Bowl tickets, but I'm not running away horrified either. So, I mean, it, it is <laughs> what it is. So. Um, and, and, you know, the other big question, you know, Devin Bush. I mean, he's, uh was uh, interviewed the other day on OTAs, and he's like, hey, I'm back. He's like, I'm feeling better. He... He understands why he didn't get the contract, but he's in full belief he'll be back. And if Devin Bush plays better, that's going to help Now, I know he's a linebacker. He's not a defensive tackle. But mm-hmm. that was one of the things that, you know, made the Steelers' <laughs> run defense a little icky last year. So, yeah. Very He gets a chance to play opposite Miles Jack, new scheme, yeah. work with Flores. It's going to be great. Yeah, and there's potential there. It just – and, like I said, you know, maybe we were just assuming too much when we hoped that, um, you know, uh, to it would come back. But I, I don't think the cupboard's bare. Uh, the Steelers, maybe it's good to bring a body. And I agree with you guys. Maybe we wait a little bit. Like, we don't have to sign somebody tonight. But I feel like you, you always got to have a lot of linemen hanging yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Um, check out, um, speaking of defensive linemen. I, I kind of enjoyed um, I'm writing stuff about former Buckeyes at work. I, I can explain a little bit more later. Uh, but I saw that Cam Hayward was on the Mina Kind show. So I wanted to listen and see if there's anything fun I can write about. And Hayward dropped a bunch of nuggets. It was interesting. He wants to play five more years, at least. Did he say, hey, you're 33 or you're almost done? And he's like, nope, I'm still playing. Uh, he thinks he could be as good as Aaron Donald. He's like, why are we just talking about Aaron Donald? He's <laughs> like,
2: I, I and, thought you were going to say that he dropped like a tray full of chicken nuggets. I was yes, the word.
3: <laughs> he talked about how he loves um, Chuck E. Cheese too, which I thought was kind of strange, but that's okay. But no, I'm a I'm a Cam Hammer guy. You know, lots of good stuff. Check out if you get a chance. So,
2: Wait, was that serious? Talking about uh, Chuck E.
3: Cheese. He's well. He, he said, "The I think he maybe was referring more about the games so he you know, like I, Yeah, I, nobody likes the food there. That, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was as a kid. Really I don't think terrible. he was. Yeah, I don't think he was like, "Hey, I went to Chuck E. Cheese yesterday." You know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, Miles Garrett supposedly taking the Browns to uh, Florida. I mean, I don't think Chuck E. Cheese is like. I don't think Cam Hayward's like, "Hey, defense, let's go Chuck E. Cheese and have a blast." I'm mean, I'm sure it was like young Cam Hayward did that. So. I don't know. All right. Well, let's go to the commercial. Um, thanks for checking out uh, the Pittsburgh Cedar Pie Half Hour on BehindTheSilkCurtain.com. We'll be back in shortly. I'm, out with
2: it and While I'm, awake, we'll-
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
3: Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on com, as well as the Ohioan uh, Chris Pugh, I got Paul Yancek and uh, Joe Frost talking a lot of stuff on to it. I uh, also wanted to talk there was a pretty good article on uh, com about hey, this offense is going to be different. Uh, Matt Canda has first year last year. Uh, wasn't a great year for the Steeler's offense. And you know, part of it is again, we're not throwing mud on Big Ben but it was kind of a weird mix for Big Ben to play in the offense like that and now you've got two more mobile guys, whoever's your quarterback and Trubisky or Kenny Pickett Um, do you think the Steelers have a chance of having a better offense now that we've got more Matt Canada guys Uh, I hope this works out Uh, I I i'm pretty sure if
2: you go back and listen to old shows i said several times that we have not seen matt canada's offense yet that last that the past two years were kind of a uh, a, a compromise of what can ben actually pull off i don't think we've seen canada's full vision for the offense yet and i'm really looking forward to that
1: yeah so- i feel like in some ways the the truncated version of the canada offense that had to rely on the instinct and the the eye and the arm of, uh, of Ben over the past couple of seasons. You know, you had those games where it was very clear that Ben took over and was able to win a game, despite what Matt Canada had called early. You know, those 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 games were very clear. Um, I think it is was related to Ben's inability to execute the kind of things that that Canada was trying to coach. Yeah, no, I, uh, you could go back and forth and argue about the wisdom of trying to coach Ben Roethlisberger out of what he does. Uh, <laughs> that was probably unwise on everybody's part to try not, to try to move Ben out of his comfort zone. It probably affected the past two seasons. Um, but uh, a better offense? I think it's going to be a, a new look for what we're used to with Pittsburgh offenses, um, I can only hope and pray that in a new scheme, the run game is going to be more effective than it has been in the past two years.
3: Hope and pray. Well, let's talk about that because we had an interesting conversation beforehand um, about uh, Nadja Harris. And, hey, I got nothing bad to say about Najee Harris. Um, I, I think when you look back on his career, You think about his rookie year, you know, Ben had to throw a ton of short passes, which brought the defense in, you know, closer to defend. Uh, You had a rough offensive line to be nice during his rookie year. So, Harris didn't have anywhere to run. And the fact that he still did what he did with no room, I mean, I think we're going to look back at the rookie year saying, holy crap. I mean, he should have, you know, been injured for the year or had – 10 yards all year. When Well, some of those
2: uh, crucial drives at ends of games, I mean, he willed himself to get two extra yards to get a first down. I mean, he just carried those
3: last few drives. I mean, it wasn't stunning. Oh, my gosh. You know, great. You know, he didn't get tons and tons of yards. But like, Paul, you just said, I mean, he had spectacular runs to get two yards, when he had no room at all. And the defense was all scrunching and everything. It's interesting, and I, I was joking with Joe about this beforehand. He's bigger now. He's like I think it was like around two twenty five, plus if I remember right. Now he's I mean, like, yeah, it's like two forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've heard the comparison, just body shape wise, is uh, Derrick Henry of the Titans, and y- you know, I mean, the first thing that I had seen was that
1: he now weighs what the bus weighed. At his the same point in his career, and that's He's, just a whole. That's a whole different game. It's a whole different mindset. When you've got that amount of force behind you, when you've got that inertia working for you, then the the high contact runs that he was running last year become a different game, and it's much closer to what Derek Henry do, can do now with his his height, his body size, his weight, you get that momentum going and it just takes you right through defenders. And so I'm I'm pretty excited about that possibility of that adding that to his game as long as he doesn't lose the speed or the you know, the agility, the 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 move that he
3: had before. And th- and that's what I'm hoping too, because I think he's gonna be a contract problem in a year or two. Because you hear a lot of these running backs are saying, Hey, they're not they're not paying us like they do the receivers. They're not letting us... You know, we're getting hit 300 times a year if we're a number one running back and everything. Where the, these receivers get treated differently. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he had a weird tweet where one of the Steelers writers said, Hey, Le'Veon, what would you have done differently? You know, when you stay in Pittsburgh. And Le'Veon's like, man, I should have been the receiver. And to Harris talks a lot about, hey, I want to be... Re-. I mean, it's not like Harris wants to be a receiver. But I think Harris is going to be like, hey, don't look at me just as a running back. I can catch the ball and everything. I'm wondering how being much bigger, I mean, is he still going to be a good pass catcher? I'm, I'm wondering how that works out. Not mm-hmm. saying it won't, but it'll be interesting to see what that it, Unless he like, gets fat hands.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's clearly... All the photos of him. This is not an extra fifteen pounds of you know, crispy cream. We're talking about. <laughs> we're, we're talking about fifteen pounds of muscle. This dude's been working out, and he well, used that force nicely. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the the running backs and the high contracts and their desire for those is, I want you. And with, you don't have the chance to look at anything right now. I want you to name for me, one, just one high-dollar running back who left their original team, went somewhere else that was paying them more, and did better.
3: Yeah, it doesn't. And named, a great example of that.
1: There's no yeah. one. right? No one has ever done that. Every, every running back who has chased the dollar to another team has ended their career in misery. Well, and I think like if, three years of bad numbers and then they just stop. They, I don't know I'm not sure why that is I am sure but like I, I can't really say it definitively They have a situation Where things are good and you can run And so you get a picture of yourself As being this autonomous runner And I can take this run game anywhere And you can't It is the scheme It is the defensive line It is the quarterback It is everything else that plays into it You signed up to play running back right? You knew what you were going to be asked to do and how it was going to take a toll on your body, much well, like alignment. much like I'll go to the alignment. I'm in full contact every single play. Why am I not getting fifteen million dollars every single time I walk out there? Well, you knew what you were doing when you came in here, and to do this job,
3: well, I can't. Yeah. I can't help you any more than that. Yeah, think the, the thing. Not just saying is. I mean, I think he's fine being halfback one. I think sometimes when we say, "Oh, the Steelers are going to run more," we have these visions of, "Yeah, it's going to be like three yards and a cloud of dust." We're going to have like thirty-five carries a game by Najee Harris. <laughs> and I think what Najee's saying, and the Steelers would say too, is, "Okay, he'll get it thirty times a game, but maybe he catches eight balls a game or ten passes a game." Oh, no, no know, that's fine. not. just, just When I say run, I want yeah. a more effective
1: run game, I'd like I'd like Najee Harris to do a little bit better, but I'd like there to be at least one other
3: person who can gain yards. Yeah. Throw, I'd like th- two other people who could gain yards. You think they'll get a, a running back? Hear um, okay, that being thrown out a lot, and there's It'd a interesting nice interesting guy. There certainly. should be. There should be another one. I like Jerick McKinnon from uh, Kansas. He's more of a scat back, but I think that could be a nice complement. Uh, Anything that's Harris, a change him. of pace from what you got. Yep. You need that guy,
1: and that's another factor that right. that makes it really effective for the the HB one. Is having an HB two that plays a different game.
3: It actually, let them play. Yes, I don't know if it's a Tomlin thing or if it's their coordinator thing, but you know they wore out Le'Veon Bell. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm less offended by Le'Veon Bell than Antonio Brown because I think Le'Veon uh, had. I think Le'Veon had. I think, it, uh, I think how it went down was worse. Yeah. Well. But the issue I had was I got so freaking annoyed at the Sewers that time because they would run like Levin's legs off. And by the end of the season, like he had a playoff game or two he missed because he just wore himself out. And maybe he shouldn't have wore himself out, but they were giving him the ball a ton of times. I'm like, calm down. I mean, I have love Have a him. second running back. Well,. The years they had D'Angelo Williams, it was so much better. Right. But they they always didn't have that. So, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, we're yeah. saying the same thing. I have another so. guy who can also run. <laughs> That's what you
3: need. Very good. All right. Well, hey, uh, we got to close up. We're looking at the time. But um, as always, check out com. Articles every day. My goodness. These guys just write. It's like guys. You don't have to write 24 hours a day, but they do. And. You know, as Steelers uh, people, we need to say, you're welcome. Or, or Because, I mean, they give us a lot of content we can read each, each day. So, very good. And check out the podcast. Um, so many podcasts um, every day. I'm, I I know I pick on Jeff Hartman a little bit, but that one's Ride Podcast. Lots of good information. Check out everything else. Brian Davis. I think Brian, how many podcasts do you think he has? Every time I look at Behind the Steel Curtain, Brian Davis. He must have, what, 15 different podcasts a week? I don't know. Poor Mrs. Davis. But, hey, it's good for us Steelers fans because we we get more Steelers content. But very good. So thanks for checking out our show. Um, have a good night, everybody.